Welcome to the 27th episode of Let's Conquer Books. W. Somerset Mogham said, To acquire the habit of reading is to construct yourself a refuge from almost all the miseries of life. In this episode, I talk about the importance of context, or what others call as fluff which provides you with the author's, not the reader's context, social context, historical context, cultural context, ideological context when reading a book. So let's get into it. I'm your host, Alexander the Great Reader, and this is a podcast where we read, study lessons, and build our inner power, because the next level we will reach does not tolerate cowards. Good books should not have fluff, but relevant context. So look at the books you're reading, make sure that the reviews are good, that go on Goodreads, go on Amazon, and look at the reviews, look at what people are saying. If it's full of fluff, people will tell you. Now, fluff is considered just filling up pages to make a book appear big and well-written. Most people don't understand the concept of context and are just looking for shortcuts. They just want to use very little time to get the most out of that book. So there's people out there trying to dissuade people from reading the book and just listen to their summaries or analysis. Examples of why this is not logical is like trailers for a movie. I saw Infinity War. If you watch the movie from front to back, it's an amazing movie. A lot of context. Gamora, I didn't know Gamora was, had history with Thanos. I didn't know a lot of things. I got a lot of context and that's what really made the movie good to me. Highlights for a sports team. Say you are watching the World Cup and your team is Brazil. You need context on why this game was so good. Everybody, oh, the game was so good. You watch the highlights. You watch a couple missed shots and a couple goals. But there's a buildup to that. There's certain penalties that happen, certain fouls, certain mistakes, certain great moves that happen before those goals that you never see. There's certain tense situations that were building up that brought so much emotions in that game. So the context of the whole game is important. I love stand-up comedy. You cannot just listen to the punchline, the one one or two lines before the joke. There's a lot of context that's being built up to the joke. You don't listen to just snippets of a song you don't listen to the chorus and gauge just all oh, that chorus i listen to the chorus of that song that must be a great song there's a lot that goes into the song there's breakdowns there's lyrics there's introductions and there's something i've heard a lot especially from book readers that the book was not as good as the movie i mean The movie was not as good as the book. I hear that all the time. People say that about Ready Player One, saying about Jurassic Park, about The Matrix, all these movies that are based on books, they always say the book is better. 
Now, the first one is the author's context versus the reader's context. I'm going to use Ray Dalio's book, Principles, to give you an example. So if you just read principles and figure out how to apply what is being said about these principles, I can go ahead and use my context. I'm the reader and say, I'm a high school dropout. I'm not a billionaire like Ray, Ray Dalio. I'm nowhere near close it. I don't have a company, let alone hundreds of employees. So my conclusion could be like, these principles are great, but they don't work for me. Now, if you take the author's context, that's what you always do is take the author's context. That's why reading the whole book, because that book starts out talking about Ray's life, Ray Dalio's life, that he used to be a caddy, and that was his introduction to the markets, that he, did, he didn't do good in high school, but his maturity and understanding helped him to understand that he was going to do good in college. He ended up doing good in college. His business failures, you understand how he failed in business, that he thought that the market was going to move a certain way. And it did, but he still lost. So he had to completely dissolve his company. And it went down to like him and maybe two employees from hundreds of employees. You see that he really got into algorithms and he was running his fund off algorithms. You see that he started studying patterns and really get into history and understanding patterns. You see that he created principles later on in his life and understanding the importances of principles and how he had them in his own life and in his business, which led him to create the best work environment. Year after year is being rated in the top you know, three to five business environments of all companies here in the United States. So now after you read all that, you have a nice context and you see that Ray was a regular guy, had challenges and failures, ups and downs, and his principles are applicable to you. Next one is social context. I'm going to use Jocko Willink. He wrote Extreme Ownership for this example. So the social context is he's from the United States and he's a military man. And the military has a lot of influence on the society of United States. And when it comes to military, in our society, Navy SEALs, they're the most elite. They have to go through hell to become a SEAL. And they are used for very special operations. He became a commander of a SEAL team in Iraq, a very special operation on the war on terror after, we, after the United States got attacked for 9-11. He was in the Battle of Ramadi and led that team to win that victory. And he, had, he was famous for having the American Sniper, the movie, this, that same sniper was on his team. Here in America, the United States, people love mixed martial arts. He's a black belt in, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu under Dean Lester. So there's some social context. You can understand his society. So when you read Extreme Ownership, you find all this out inside the book. And there's context to his advice, to his strategies, to the way of living he has, his principles. And it brings more out of the book of just reading someone's summary or analysis or just taking the principle and trying to figure out yourself. Next is historical context. 
I'm going to use End the Fed by Ron Paul, another great book. Now, reading this book, I got a historical contents about the Federal Reserve. I didn't know it was created by the Morgans, the Rockefellers, and some secret island. And it's a weird time, so nobody knows what's going on, and it can be voted on very late at night. Very, very suspicious activity going on when the creation of this Federal Reserve was created. I learned that the Fed has never been audited. They have no transparency. They have no accountability. No one oversees them. I learned about the history of inflation, and he explained it, that it's a hidden tax. You know, they keep printing money. And this is how they finance these wars that America gets into. I learned that it's... Uh, The Federal Reserve is unconstitutional, that in the Constitution, the government is the only one allowed to create currency and establish that value. The Federal Reserve is its private institution, has nothing to do. It, it, It does monetary policy, whereas Congress does fiscal policy. So now I have all this historical context on this movement that's called End the Fed. Instead of just going along with people say on television or getting the summary from somebody of this book, you have, histor- you have historical context. You're creating an intelligent and knowledge base. The third, I mean, the fourth one is cultural context. I'm going to use Michael Lewis's book called Moneyball. It's about baseball, really good book. They actually made a movie out of this book, and the book is way better than the movie. So, the culture of baseball, you got to understand the the way statistics are recorded. You have to understand the way scouts are looking at the players in that culture. You got to understand the culture of the relationship between the front office and the coaches, the manager. You got to understand how the finances in baseball culture play out and what role do they play. So reading this book gives you all that cultural context. And then you understand why the main character, Billy Bean, he faced this culture and tried to create opportunity where no one else saw it. He saw that the stats they were taking weren't relevant. So he went to other sources and got relevant stats to measure success. He, the finances are important. Like the New York Yankees spend more money than anybody, so they win more championships. So he had to get these relevant stats and that no one else was using but him. And he you know, was able to win because... People weren't looking at and he was paying very low for statistics that people weren't aware aware of. He also had to reframe that culture that scouts had that why are you looking for a guy that walks a lot? Why are you looking for a guy that, you know, had a lot of pitches? You know, you have to he's on the plate for 10 pitches. So he wears down the pitcher. So scouts were looking for different skills and prospects that they never had before. 
he had to break the tradition that coaches had all this power in that culture. Coaches had all the power and they were the kings. He broke that down. He became the king and his decision. If you weren't with it, you were out. Now, the fifth is the ideological context. I'm going to use this Gary Vaynerchuk. Online, he's known as Gary V. His new book that is amazing. I listened to the audiobook and I read the book this year. I recommend him. He's, he has a lot of ideologies. He thinks that the internet has even the playing field. You know, authors now can publish books online for very cheap and have them on Amazon, distribute them easily. Professionals can create courses like accountants, personal trainers can create courses. You have Udemy. So now being having a personal trainer is not restricted to his local area. He can create a course online and scale throughout the world. If you want to have a radio station or be a radio personality, now with the internet you can create podcasts. He has the ideology of the power of social media. He talks about Facebook and Instagram ads, how you can target these things very specifically to really build your brand, build the business, have lots of sales. He has a long-term ideology. He talks about eating shit. And that term, he's just saying you work a lot. Work a lot, work for free, do things for others for a long time. You're just working, 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 building that value, building the skill set. Because later, it's all going to come to fruition. He talks about putting a lot of time engaging with the audience and clients or prospects. So the best way to create relevant content is to do that, to engage with your audience, to spend time with clients, spend time with prospects. You get insight on trends. You create value for yourself by doing that too because people are like, wow, this man is over here giving me advice on relevant topics for me. He also has this ideology called give, give, ask or jab, jab, hook. So give, 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 and then ask for something. So if you're selling something, selling financial advice or your financial advisor and you're looking for clients, just give free tips, free tips, free tips, free tips, and then say, hey, by the way, I'm a financial advisor. Here's my information. He also has the ideology of loving the process, not the results. He talks about buying the Jets, but that's not what's in love is buying the Jets. It's the process of creating that wealth, going through the ups and downs of learning new skills, creating new values. It's the process that you got to uh, fall in love. So reading the book, you get all this ideological context about Gary Vee, which makes this book amazing because then you understand everything he's giving you, all the advice and you understand why it's so powerful. So there you have it. Action for the episode is, you know, read the book front to back. You know, make sure you're reading the book with the author's context. Put yourself in the author's shoes, not your own. So when you're reading, look throughout the book for social, historical, cultural, or ideological context to really bring that book to life. I want to thank all the listeners the podcast is now over 1,300 plays and downloads. 
The reading challenge, I'm at 98 books out of 100. Probably should be at 100 next week. I need to change that goal, make it maybe 120. Let's connect on Twitter. Spend a lot of time on Instagram and Facebook a little bit. All the links are in the description. I'm looking for people to interview, looking for show ideas, looking for maybe feedback, anything. Let's connect on Twitter, Instagram, and feedback. I'll catch you on the next one. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Anchor, or any other podcast platform so you don't miss the next episode that I have titled, Trust Me, Your Life Is Not That Bad, and the three books that prove it.